as I'm holding her, like, I become more awake and she starts falling asleep. Like, I, I transfer an energy. <laughs> doesn't need another podcast it's true but i said uh i'm gonna do it anyway and i'm gonna do it on the best day of the year halloween i had read up on this place called uh seven gables road here in michigan kind of by dan i think it's in danover michigan but uh and I knew the results would be what happened, but nonetheless, I wanted to check it out. And I don't know why I was disappointed because, you know, exactly what I thought would happen is exactly what happened. As I was driving home, however, something kind of strange happened to me, enough to where I thought it was worthwhile uh, recording on my field recorder. So here it is, my little experience. Was it a haunting? Did the witch haunt me in my car? You decide. So I just had a strange start to my Halloween 2022. Uh, I was going out to Seven Gables, uh, allegedly the most haunted road in Michigan. It's only like a half hour from my house. I live in Jackson, Michigan. And uh, as I'm going out there, it's perfect. There's like leaves all over the road. It's pretty spooky. It's weird because why is it when you go past every farmhouse, like uh, if it's like 10 or 11, it's like you, no lights, like everyone's asleep. But anyway, I got there finally. And unfortunately, I couldn't check the area out. As you go in, it slowly uh, turns into a dirt road. And then it eventually terminates into uh, this like orange gate. And so I go there and there's like four cars, a camper, and like a, a little like tent thing. You know those party tents where you just kind of covers a picnic table where you can have like a little get together. But anyway, nobody was up there. I mean like if somebody was up I probably would have taken the initiative to talk some talk to somebody but it was uh everyone was asleep or something i guess or not there I, it was weird i don't know but <laughs> since i didn't know if it was technically private property which i'm sure it is uh, and i didn't have permission to be out there i just decided to turn around it was cool to see the place anyway you know even if i couldn't get out and explore but it was weird on the way back I got so sick, like totally out of character. There's no reason for it. I got like nauseous and tired, really tired. And by the time I came back to my house, I uh, I came into my house and I just felt like I was in a dream, a waking dream. And then. Uh, I picked up one of my new little kittens and normally she doesn't want to be picked up she's very rambunctious and she tries to get out of my hands but uh as i'm holding her like 
I become more awake and she starts falling asleep. Like I, I transfer an energy. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that, that was a strange experience. Uh, maybe it's all just in my head, but who knows. It is believed that gruesome histories and ghostly urban legends cling to the certain locations around the state. One in particular, Seven Gables Road in Dansville, which is near Lansing. The trek is revered as the most haunted road in Michigan. Whether the tale behind it is true or not, thrill seekers leave the location spooked. Some never return or talk about it again. Word of advice, pass the gate at your own peril. Wish I could have. Probably a better idea to squeeze through this way. It's a perfect day for a hike. Deep into the woods. A canopy of trees insulates the constant buzz of wildlife. Seemingly creating a two-track trail of tranquility. I've been coming out here for 30 years. But through the bramble, not far off the path. You can see like the stones from the foundation. That's Rapids. what I wanted to find. That's I wanted to find the foundation. Many believe they're connected to something far from tranquil. This site here is where the house stood. The lore of what happened. The death of children, the idea of witchcraft. Has transcended generations. People get angry when you talk about it. It's the terrifying tale. So grows a legend, right? Of Seven Gables Road. That's the most haunted road in Michigan. The myth lurks in the dark shadows of Dansville, a dead end off Dexter Trail. You kind of have to go through this tunnel of trees. Broken, bumpy passage that surrenders to this dirt road where there's just 5,000 acres of nothing. Except for this. Who owns There's it? Really just this one way. That's what I want to know. Rusty, wrought iron, padlocked. I think it's creepy. Legend states the gate is a threshold separating safety. If you cross the gate, bad things will happen. From the evil presence that lies beyond. Once there was a witch that lived in a cottage back in the woods. Armed men trapped her and set the house on fire. Before she burned to death, she cursed the land to make it uninhabitable. If you were on the other side of the gate, so you're exploring her land and you hear a woman scream, the last person back over the gate will be dead within three days. Years would pass. The curse did not. This family built a house. They moved in. The father started to kind of go a little crazy. And then one night he killed his whole family, hung them all from the gables of the house. Then hung himself from what's known as the hanging tree. It's a little much to just try to discount. Present day thrill seekers who dare So that's what I'm going to look into. I'm going to look into more of the history. With for sure. Unexplained. It was dead quiet. And disturbing experiences. We heard what I would call a scream. Uh, it sounded like a woman's scream to me. Never saw anything. Welcome to Seven Gables Road. Some caught on tape. What was that? A very visible mist type figure. What was that? And I saw it that night, not just on the camera, but I saw it with my eyes as it ran by. What was that? What was that? Late one night. Super dark. I'm the type of person that seeks out answers. Paranormal investigators Gary Gerke. I see spirits. And Cat Ryan were lured by the lore. See if anything happens to make its presence known. Each step disrupting the deafening silence. The deeper we go in, the more I get an icky feeling. 
It didn't take long. There's two hey, I got Nikki feeling. They're like standing in the middle of the path, facing us. So we get to go back that way. Onward. All right, here's your tree. Until they reached the hanging tree. See where there's a big broken limb? Until that limb broke off that tree, we would never get a pitcher to turn out. And then every time we have been back since, we've taken pictures of that tree, and they have turned out. Speaking of pictures. Caught some orbs on camera. Anomalies. Orbs. Like it's made of light, but then it disappears. The least convinc convincing of all evidence. this much if we hear it again. I won't be the last person over that gate. My wife will. Is it urban legend? I have not found anything to prove that anything of that nature no. happened out here. Or true. Makes you think I you can eat the plant there now. There is one certainty. Just because the kitty's dead? a story about Seven Gables. Especially if they decide to test fate. Last one over, first to die. Beyond the gate. This road is absolutely haunted. Come here. Absolutely. My cat's coming in. If you want to learn more about the legend of Seven Gables Road, we have a lot okay. more to tell in the web well, version of this story, which... So now that I've found out that the land beyond the gate is indeed state land, so I could have gotten out of my car and explored uh, the area some more, but you know I'm just figuring this out for sure. But anyway, I suppose I was just intimidated by all the cars that were parked in the cul-de-sac there. I would have it would have been weird to have jumped the gate and like run into other people in the dark, especially at like 12 o'clock at night. But you know they would have been weirdos like me, so I'd just be able to make some friends, I guess. A lot of this legend is incredibly cliche. The one tale that sticks out is the last person over the gate will be the first to die. What happens if I come alone? I mean, I'm going to die someday, so I guess the legend isn't untrue. Another cliche is that the idea of the area is so haunted and spooky that someone will die if they do some type of thing that's disrespectful or however it is just for going there in this case. In my hometown, there is this haunted cemetery that has many interesting decedents, such as the original lighthouse operator of the town and his wife, both who are alleged to still haunt the lighthouse that's along Lake Michigan and, you know, not the cemetery, though. In the cemetery, it's supposed to be like this uh, chief, Indian chief. But perhaps the most interesting legend, legend involving that cemetery involves a chair there was said to be a chair in the cemetery that if you sat in, you would soon die after, you know, two to three months or whatever it was. Uh, I've been there several times, and the only chair I've seen, the uh, only chair I've ever found, is a lawn chair. Uh, it was an old chair, an old lawn chair, uh, like from the 80s, so that's pretty spooky, I suppose. But in my mind, when I first heard about the legend of the chair, I thought it would be like this old creaky Victorian wooden chair or something like that. Or a stone chair, something like legit. Uh, never, I didn't sit down in the chair, no. So I'm still alive. So, another strange aspect of the Seven Gables mythology involves two child murders. In the summer of 1970, the mayor of Lansing's daughter was abducted and killed, and her body was dumped somewhere in the in the game reserve at Seven Gables. Uh, it happened again 35 years later to a young boy whose body was allegedly found very close to where the girl was found so that is very compelling it's uh more compelling than orbs which are very explainable uh, <laughs> it should be noted that the girl from 1970 her killer has never been found which is always crazy to me to think someone killed someone and they're still out there you know the young boy 
his adoptive parents had killed him, which is sad. Uh, sad to be an orphan in the first place and then killed. That is a bummer. I get sad just thinking about, you know, cats and kittens out there just walking around without a home. So it's even sadder when you think about all the unhoused people. Buzzkill. I'm definitely going back out there with this new information that is in fact, that the place is in fact state land. So I'll be sure uh, to check it out and maybe make a video or something. So subscribe to the channel. Smash that like button. Moving right along to some more hauntings, this time in Ridgeway, Michigan. Uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, it's a little bit more obscure, but you know when it comes to Michigan, there are only so many hauntings and cool things that happen with weird stuff. Uh, this is like a poltergeist or a Bigfoot-like creature. Uh, both a haunting and a monster in Michigan town of Ridgeway. The town of Ridgeway is a nifty small town about four and a half miles southeast of Tecumseh. Back in 1986, a realtor, a realtor revealed it to a reporter that one particular house in town was inhabited by a poltergeist. The ghost had been extremely active and was not hesitant on letting the residents know of his existence. The realtor refused to disclose which house the poltergeist was occupying. That makes sense, otherwise she wouldn't be able to sell a haunted house, right? That wasn't unnerving enough. Several Ridgeway townspeople claimed to have seen some kind of a red-haired creature with bright green eyes peeking into the windows. They saw this thing peering into different dwellings, including the house with the poltergeist. It's been over three decades now, and no explanation or reasonable answer has been forthcoming. The beast must have been tall enough to peek into windows, so it was either a two-footed creature, dogman or Bigfoot, or an animal that could stand on two legs, like a bear, perhaps? Yeah, Bigfoots with green eyes, or red eyes, is a pretty interesting phenomena. Uh, I think the book that really lays this out uh, the best is called Silent Invasion. And then I drew some other connections to that particular sighting. And But this happened up north, okay? This story goes like so. All right, hold up. Everybody uh, gather around the spooky campfire. We're going to start the spooky campfire tale, okay? All right, ready? One, two, three. So I was on vacation with my family last summer. We went to stay at my uncle and aunt's place. They live near the UP. While there, my cousin started telling me about something that had happened to him the previous winter. He said that while watching TV one night, he started to hear scratching sounds at the window. At first, he thought it was just a tree branch that was doing it but the sound would not stop for a while and then he st he got up to investigate he went over and pulled the curtain open to see what was there he said what he saw almost gave him a heart attack he said there was a monster standing there looking in at the window at me its eyes were reflecting the light but the reflection of the color was green which is something he had never seen before he said he thought it was the Ridgeway monster I don't know what that is, but that is what he said. He thought about getting his 22 and going outside, but he admits that he was too scared. He closed the curtain and ran upstairs to his room. While he was in his room, he heard a loud bang on, as something hit the wall of the house. He thought that the Ridgeway monster was trying to get inside of the house, so he grabbed his 22. Uh, 22 is only a single shot for usually shooting small varmints, so they ain't going to do much for this, but... Anyway, nothing happened for about five minutes, and he thought that maybe it had gone away. 
But then he heard another loud bang, but this time it was on the front of the house near the door. He said that he was almost crying at this point, but went downstairs anyway. He stood in the kitchen and listened, but heard nothing else. A few minutes later, he saw headlights as his uncle and aunt's car came into the driveway. They found him standing in the kitchen holding his gun and asked what he was doing. He told them the Ridgeway monster had tried getting into the house. He said it to his mother, my aunt, looked concerned, but his dad, my uncle, went into the bathroom got his hunting rifle and flashlight, which is kind of a weird place for a rifle, but whatever. This is Michigan. Then he, then he and my cousin went outside. They checked all around the house and found some really big footprints in the snow. They found them near the window uh, around the two walls of the house. My uncle said that they were going to inside and would look more in the morning. Later on, my uncle told my cousin that the reason he hurried inside is because he could not find any footprints to show that the Ridgeway monster had left and he was worried that it was still around the house watching them. During the night, they all woke up to a weird howling sound coming from a goalie from behind the house, but nothing else happened. They did not see the Ridgeway monster again. My cousin said that he still gets the chills sometimes when he thinks about it, and he won't go out into the forest without his 22. The whole thing kind of scared me, and I thought that it was just a joke, but my uncle and aunt said that he was telling the truth about it. I think he saw Bigfoot, but he calls it the Ridgeway monster. Maybe that's just what they call it around there. So anyway, that's the connection to the Ridgeway monster, but it's up north. Just more incidences of Bigfoots having green eyes. Well, that's about going to do it for me. Uh, if you want to hear more, destroy that like button. Some Assault the subscribe. Toggle. And get informed on whatever platform you're listening Okay, thanks for listening. Bye.